0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the FFS show, a podcast about fact-checking and misinformation by the ferret. I'm one of your hosts, Ali Bryan, and joining me for the second time in a row is Sam Gonzalez. How are you doing, Sam? Hello, I'm good. We actually met yesterday with the whole ferret team for the first time. We did, yeah, certainly seeing... um, Many of the team for the first time since before lockdown, Yeah, and some of them for the first time ever. Ever. I mean, I started this summer and I was meeting a bunch of people for the first time. It was really nice. Yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? Did you find uh, everyone's personalities matched up with their online personas? They
1: did, and I was taller than the people that I hoped I was taller than, and I was shorter (laughs) than the people I hoped I was shorter than. (laughs) Very important. Absolutely,
0: I knew where I stood in the packing order for sure. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, this week we've been looking at two fact checks one about the new guidance for teachers supporting trans students in schools in Scotland. The second one, I won't give too much away, but it's about Edinburgh Zoo penguins. <laughs> That's so ominous. I, I can't wait to talk about it. Let's get into it then.
1: So Ali, you were looking at the new teacher guidance on transgender young people, is that right? Can you give me a kind of background, like big picture of what that was all about?
0: Yeah, so the new guidance came out in the middle of last month and was reported by a number of different newspapers and media outlets, uh, including the Daily Mail, Telegraph, GB News and various others. Um, The Daily Mail headlined their article about the Guidance as, quote, pupils four will be able to swap gender in school without parents' consent. So we know that there's been quite a lot of controversy around trans issues in Scotland. Some of it seems to stem from controversy and discussions around reforms to the Gender Recognition Act or the GRA. The proposals are aiming to make it more easy for people who are transgender to change their legally recognised gender Um The process as it stands is considered by many people to be too difficult.
1: So what does the guidance actually say?
0: The guidance is meant to advise staff who might need to help trans or gender non-conforming young people uh, within a sort of school environment. Gives advice on a number of different areas, so like tackling transphobic bullying, helping young people who are coming out as trans. Advice on using the correct pronouns and stuff like the use of toilets and changing rooms. It states that young people that are questioning their gender identity or coming out as trans may want to change their name uh, informally, change the name that they're referred to by their friends or by um, school staff. And that's something that's been done for forever. Basically, people wanting to change their name amongst their friends informally. It's not really a new thing. What this guidance does is gives teachers advice on how to support people who are doing that. So rather than denying them the opportunity to change the name which they're already doing when they're friends it gives staff some guidance about what you know how to deal with that situation so there's stuff like for example adding the name they want to be known as in a special section called known as in the school's record and being aware that people who use different names may be offended if you use use the name that was given to them when they were born but it also states that someone wants to change their recorded sex or their name formally on the school's record the school should try to get their parents or carers to write in to give consent for these sort of changes. The guidance says, quote, recognizing the rights of all parents and carers, it is recommended that consent is obtained from all of those with parental responsibilities for young people under 16. This is similar to outside of school. If someone under 16 wants to change their name legally, they can do with the parent or caregiver's permission and get through what's known as a statutory declaration. which is a sort of oath that's signed by the parent administered by a solicitor or somebody. But yeah, any young person can informally change the name by which they're known. All the government's guidance does is say that teachers and school staff should respect this. Right.
1: And like you said, it was already happening, you know, in it, I guess from nicknames and, you know, translated names like there's it happens in different contexts. And
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, particularly with reference to the names, it's not something that's going to be particularly new. Yeah.
1: And so what was the final verdict uh, in this piece?
0: We went with mostly false. So according to our ratings, that's the claim may contain a kernel of truth, but leaves out facts which lead one to a different impression. The reason we went this way was because we felt the headline in the Daily Mail's article that pupils aged four would be able to change gender was misleading. Uh, The guidance that's referring to states that young people who change their gender and wish to be known by a different name should be supported, and this should not be denied to them. Pupils are free to use any name or pronoun they feel comfortable with among their friends and informal scenarios in school. The guidance just encourages school staff to respect that. If anybody under 16 wants to change their sex formally in school, the document does recommend that this should be done with their parent or caregiver's permission.
1: You're listening to The FFS Show. If you want to help us keep making podcasts and fact checks, You can join The Ferret by going to subscribe, and for three pounds a month, you can become a member, get access to everything we make and support the work we do. So now we get to talk about my favorite fact check of all time, the penguin fact check. Tell me, what is the penguin fact check? (laughs)
0: So yeah, this is a story about um, penguins at Edinburgh Zoo, which uh, has gone viral again after being uh, shared on Instagram nearly 8,000 times. And comes from a tweet, which says, Boy in the pub was telling me his job is every time a plane flies over Edinburgh Zoo, the penguins can't take their eyes off it and end up falling over. And he just goes around picking them back up. 38 penguins, 2,000 flights a day.
1: (laughs) So... You looked into this. um, Has there been any research on penguins falling over when they see planes?
0: Well, the first thing to note about this claim is that it's a version of an incredibly old apocryphal story. So the thing that went viral on Instagram in the last couple of weeks was actually a version of a claim that was originally posted on Twitter in 2018. The crux of it, that penguins fall over when they see planes above them, Dates back to at least 1982, when uh, RAF pilots were said to make the claim of penguins toppling over when looking at planes during the Falklands War. It's been a, it's appeared on the internet in different forms since at least the mid 90s. Uh, there's an example we found of a Washington Post article from 1995, which cites a Mexican newspaper talking about a new game that RAF pilots claimed to devise, which is where they would fly along the edge of a beach watch wait till the penguins turn their heads then fly back across they would obviously see the planes overhead and fall backwards but in terms of research into the phenomenon there was actually a, a study done by the British Antarctic survey they went to the island of South Georgia which is near the Falcon Islands on a five-week trip to monitor King penguins there because they were worried that if this was true then it would perhaps have some impact on breeding patterns this research trip found no evidence of penguins falling over when looking at planes. Dr. Richard Stone told The Guardian in 2001 that, quote, not a single bird fell over after 17 flights. What they did see was birds moving away from the noise. So as they approached, the birds would go quiet and then they would just try and get away from the noise that was above them rather than looking at what was going on and falling over. Okay,
1: it didn't happen. So I'm assuming that from that, the job which is the, the dream job of working in a zoo as the person who picks up penguins after they fall over, that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, sorry to be the killjoy-in-chief. I know that's my role, uh, but I'm afraid it doesn't exist. Edinburgh Zoo confirmed that while it was a very popular rumour, there was no such job and said that penguins don't track planes where they fly overhead and any clumsy penguin behaviour was not related to aircraft. claim itself also said there was 38 penguins uh, at Edinburgh Zoo, Uh, There are, in fact, over 100, according to their website, and it claimed there was 2,000 flights a day. Judging by nearby Edinburgh Airport's uh, website statistics, there'd be way fewer than that that are going either arriving or leaving that would go over near Edinburgh Zoo. So we went for FFS on that, for fact's sake.
1: That's a shame. I, so we posted this story on Instagram, and yeah. we had a few comments that I feel is my duty as the the voice of the people in this podcast, right. which I've allocated myself yeah. the role of, um, to to read them to you. Good. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So someone said that, of course, this is the important content they subscribe to The Ferret for. <laughs> it yeah. Like, yep, yeah, this is hard-hitting investigative journalism. Yep,
0: yep. Um ferret.scot forward slash subscribe
1: (laughs) yes uh someone else said that sometimes the untruth is better troops
0: yeah so something to think about yeah fair enough i think i am a bit of a killjoy but you know
1: (laughs) someone else said hashtag spoiler of dreams (laughs) right that sounds about right yeah um and the last comment is please stop ruining the pub
0: (laughs) right good that's a good (laughs) position to be in so ali will you listen to the people and please stop ruining the pub well, you were in the pub of me last night, so that's you right. can say for sure if I ruined it or not. That's true. That's that's the next fact check because we're gonna do. Yeah, no comment on that. <laughs> so that's all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Sam for being my uh, able co-host and for reading out the much of my fan mail this week
1: it's my pleasure completely
0: (laughs) we will be back in two weeks are you gonna be here with me sam i am indeed uh ready to destroy some further dreams at that point great yeah we should just turn this into a one hour long reading out of all the negative comments about the work i've done (laughs) we'll we'll dress up like the two old muppets and just just destroy dreams for an hour remember you can get in touch with us by emailing factcheck at theferret.scott If you've got any suggestions about our podcast or anything we should be looking at, you can contact us on Twitter at Ferret Scott or by searching for The Ferret on Facebook. We also have an Instagram and you can find us
1: at theferret.scott and you can tell us how much you enjoy or how much you don't enjoy our work.
0: Go to theferret.scott forward slash subscribe if you want to join up as a member and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.